استغفر الله من قول بلا عمل لقد نسبت به نسلا لذي عقومي أمرتك الخير لكن ما أتمرت به وما استقمت فما قولي لك استقيمي يا رب بالمصطفى بلغ مقاصدنا واغفر لنا ما مضى يا واسع الكرم Most respected ulamai kiram, brothers, elders, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. When comparing dunya to akhirat, a person will come across many, many differences. But one distinct difference that you will find in this life of this world in dunya, which we do not find in akhirat, is that dunya and the life of dunya is subject to change. All the time we are undergoing changes. Take a few examples, simple day-to-day -day examples. The weather, for example. Subhanallah, we are seeing in our current times different weather patterns. Sometimes in spring we are finding cold days. Sometimes in winter we are finding hot days. Sometimes extreme cold, which we haven't experienced before. Sometimes extreme heat, which we haven't seen and experienced before. So various changes in the weather patterns, favorable conditions, unfavorable conditions. Take a person's financial status, for example, sometimes now we know with what has transpired as well, that a person may have been on a certain level uh, and due to whatever cause a person's level and his standard of living, his financial status drops, it changes. Favorable conditions, unfavorable conditions. Physically, we have sickness, we have health. Sometimes a person is in good health for years on end and then sometimes a person experiences illness. Favorable again conditions, sometimes unfavorable conditions. So in dunya, wherever we apply our mind and we think, you will find this distinct aspect and feature in our dunya we life of change. But in akhirat, we don't find that. You are either in a favorable state, a favorable condition, or you are in an unfavorable condition. You are either in prosperity, or you are experiencing adversity, jannah or jahannam. However, dua is something which Allah has prescribed, which is something we find in our shariat, in our deen, which is an extremely potent, powerful means of changing conditions. And we'll find examples of this throughout history from the start of time. If we look at Adam alayhi salam, Hawa alayhi salam, from the incident we know what had taken place, transpired in Jannah, and eating from the forbidden fruit, etc. From their time already, they were inspired to make this dua, Rabbana zalamna anfusana wa illam taghfir lana wa tarhamna lanakunanna min al-khasirin. Oh Allah, we have erred, we have made a mistake. If you do not forgive us, you do not overlook our sins, we will definitely be of the losers. 
So from the beginning of time, Adam alayhi salam, all the Anbiya go to Yunus alayhi salam, we know his story as well, swallowed by the fish. In the belly of the fish again, he's inspired. Allah, Allah, I have heard, and glory be to you, you are free from all faults. Save me from this condition. And we know the result as well. It was then spat out from the belly of the fish and he was saved. All the Anbiya, Zakariya is desirous of a child. Bless me with a child. He is blessed with offspring. Yahya alayhi salam. Ayyub alayhi salam is suffering difficulty in the form of sickness, ill health. Anni masaniya dhurru wa anta arhamur rahimin. Allah, difficulty has overcome me. You are the most merciful of those who show mercy. Remove this difficulty from me. Various, various anbiya alayhi salatu wa salam. Musa alayhi salam is in Madian, a totally foreign land. He has escaped from Fir'aun and his clutches from Egypt. He's in Madian, he knows no one, he has no support structure, support base, he knows absolutely no one. And there he rest, takes some rest and he makes this dua. Rabbi inni lima anzalta ilayya min khayrin faqir. Oh Allah, whatever goodness you have by you, I am in need of that goodness. And eventually we know the result of that as well. He gets a family, he gets a wife, he gets a place to stay, etc. All the barakat of dua. In Nabi Akram Sallallahu life, there are entire kitabs written on the various adi'iyah and du'as of Nabi Akram Sallallahu More notable, the more famous works, for example, those who understand the Arabic language, uh, the Kitab Al-Adhkar of Allama Nawawi Rahmatullah an entire kitab just on the du'as of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi We are more familiar perhaps here in the shelves also we have it, Al-Hizb Al-A'zam, also a collection of the Masnoon Sunnah du'as of Nabi Sallallahu Natanwi Rahmatullahi also has written a compilation, Munajat Maqbul. Some of us may be familiar with that as well. So, dua is a distinct thing in our Shariat. Something which has been given great importance. Allah Ta'ala speaks in the Quran Sharif, the ayat which I had recited before you. Ud'uni astajib lakum. Call unto me, I will respond to your call. He's giving us the command also, the speciality of this Ummah. We are commanded to call and then we are told, I will respond to your call. Nabi Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam in various hadith, Ad-du'a'u mukhul ibadah. Dua is the essence of ibadah. Another hadith states it that dua is silahul mu'min, the weapon of a believer. Subhanallah, if we understand the true power of dua, that we will understand from the various incidents which took place in the pious predecessors, the people of the past. On one occasion, there was a woman who was a muhajir. She had just made hijrah from Makkah Mukarramah to Medina Munawwara. And the Sahaba relates, as Anas says, that this son of hers, he came into with the Ashabu Sufa to learn the deen. And the Messiah linked the lady who had made hijrah, Umm Sa'ib was her name, he linked her with the woman folk. But a few days had passed and the son of hers became very ill and uh, he, he passed away. So while they, well, they put a sheet over him, they closed his eyes and they were about to give him the ghusl and the Messiah Asked the Sahaba that inform his mother first, tell her what has transpired. So they meet with the mother and they explain to her, they give her some targheeb, some encouragement that, you know, look forward to the rewards of Akhirah, etc. She understood what was happening. She said, has he passed on? They replied in the affirmative, yes, he has passed on. Anyway, she was brought to her son. It is mentioned, she sits by her son's, uh, by, by his feet basically, and she holds his feet. And she makes us dua that, oh Allah, I've never ever made dua to you in the past for some need that I have and you have not fulfilled it. 
Now I have made hijrah from Mecca, Mukarramah to Medina, Munawwara, fulfilling your command. Do not make me an obstacle to be laughed at by the kuffar, by the mushrikeen, etc. That look, she traveled and she went for the sake of her deen and now look, the calamity has befallen her. Bring my son back to life. Zarat Anas, the reporter of this riwayat says, we physically saw this young boy who had passed on. He removed the sheet of his face and he got up. And he lived beyond his mother's life. She, when she was old, she was blind. He lived beyond her life also. She passed on. Nabi Akram also passed on. This youngster was still alive. He came and he sat down and ate with us. So we might call it a miracle, yes. But it is definitely the power of dua. On another occasion, Sayyidina Anas anhu had orchards. And the keeper of his orchards came to him, it was the summer months, and he explained that, oh Anas, water, the scarcity of water, it is not raining. So Anas immediately sends him, asks him to send, bring some water, he brings some water, he makes wudu, he starts performing salah, he makes dua. He asks the keeper, go back to the orchard, see if rain has fallen, if clouds are forming. Comes back, he says, no, nothing. The sky is still clear. This happens for a second time, he sends him again as an honest resorts back to Salah and Dua. Third time, still nothing. Eventually, the keeper comes back. He says, yes, now I see a cloud the size of, the size of a bird's wing. Something is starting, something to take, take shape. Some clouds are forming. He continues, as an continues in his Dua, in his supplicating before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala until eventually the keeper comes back and he says, subhanAllah, it is now overcast and the rain is falling. It is mentioned, Sayyidina Anis tells this keeper of his orchard that take this horse and travel to see how, over which lands has this rain fallen. And he travels and to his amazement he finds it had only rained on Hazrat Anas orchard, orchards and gardens. Beyond that there was no rain, as dry as can be. So definitely the power of dua. Khalid bin Walid anhu, a person brings a whole casket, a basket of wine. When he inquires from the person what is, what is the contents of this basket, he says that this is honey, and on one narration he says this is vinegar. That Khalid bin Walid who knows the reality that it is wine, he makes dua. Oh Allah, make this contents of this basket honey or wine. And immediately is mentioned when they opened that basket thereafter, it was exactly as the dua of Hazrat Khalid bin Walid who it had actually changed, the wine had actually changed to that of vinegar and according to the other narration to that of, of honey. <coughs> so the blessings of dua, as Abdul Hamid saw on one occasion on the, from this very member, he gave an example of the hidayat of Sayyidina Umar anhu, that man who at one stage had his sword unsheathed, ready to assassinate Nabi Wasallam. We know Hazrat Umar and what strides Islam had made during his Khilafat, second Khalifa of Islam. His hidayat was also the barakat of Nabi Wasallam. Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam's dua. And he also mentioned of Hajim Dadullah, Sayyidu Ta'ifa, that on the barakat of his dua in front of the Kaaba, Baytullah, the materialization of it was that of Darulum Diyoban, which then became the mother of so many, never mind ulama, but madaris throughout the world. That institute, which at that time was in the forefront of fighting the British and the oppression which was suffered at that time in India. So, definitely the barakat of dua. On one occasion, a lady comes to the student of Imam Ahmad bin Hanbal, whose name was Baqi bin Makhlad. And she explains to him that, look, my son has been taken captive by the Romans. I am finding no sleep. I have no solace. I do not know what is his condition. And uh, please make dua. So this student, Imam Baqi bin Makhlad, sends her away. He says, no problem, I'll make dua. 
And within a few days she returns. But this time she returns with her son. And she tells Imam Baqi bin Makhlad that, listen to his story, what had happened. So he asked the youngster, what had happened to you? He says, well, the Romans had taken me captive and they had shackled me along with other captives. They would use us to toil in the deserts every day. So we would go and we would work for them, toil in, and by nightfall, they would then escort us back and lock us up again, place us back in our shackles. He says, on one day, I don't know what had happened, but as I was returning in that shackles and those chains, these chains miraculously broke off. So they then accused me and said, why did you take it off? He said, I, I did not take it off, it came off on its own. So immediately they called the blacksmith and he again fastened the shackles around him, around this youngster. And he had hardly taken a few steps and again he says it fell off. So when they see in this, they realize that there is some unseen help here that is at play. So they did an amazing thing. They approached their priests. We also we learn that, you know, that people in difficulty generally approach those who are dindar, the pious, tabaka, and category of society. We should also take lessons from this. We have those pious people in our midst, in our country as well, to resort and to make mashwara with them, to try to solve our issues. So they approached the priests, priests and they asked, they explained this whole incident that had happened. So the priests called this boy and they asked him, do you have a mother? He says, yes, we have, I have a mother. So the priests immediately come to the conclusion that, you know, his mother has made dua for him. And that is why the chains are just falling off. So he'll have to be sent back home. There's no, we're not going to be able to win in any way with this youngster. So immediately the boy says, they escorted me back into the Islamic territory and then I was let free and that's how I returned home. So this Imam Baqi bin Makhlad asks him, tell me on which day and at what time did this happen, these shackles? And when he explained the date and the day and the time, it was exactly at that time when Imam Baqi sent his mother away and he himself, Imam Baqi, made dua for this youngster. Exactly at that moment, those shackles break off. So the power of dua has been seen throughout the annals of history. Jalaluddin Rumi explains the dua of his Sheikh Shams Tabrez and he says, you know, when my Sheikh makes dua, he says the way, with such humility, with such earnestness, he makes dua and cries unto Allah Ta'ala, that even the heavens probably cry when he makes dua. With that type of earnestness, he makes dua. And a person mentions, if we had the opportunity, alhamdulillah, of listening or hearing the dua of Yunus Patel, it is also readily available on tapes, etc. And it can be accessed, here as a dua kitab as well. Then a person will bear testimony to the same thing. That the dua of Hazrat Mulana, never mind the majlis, never mind the advices that Mulana would offer, it was enough for the Islah and the reformation of a person just to be present in one of his duas. The dua was made in such a way where he was directly conversing with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with such humility, such earnestness. His Akabirin taught us how to connect to Allah ta'ala. And he, Hazrat Mulana, Yunus Patel, in turn, he would explain the duas of Haji Bhai Padi. He explains that incident when he was very young. And there was no one to go out in tabligh and Haji Bhai Padi Rahmatullah is a new thing, no one knew about it. And he's standing in the masjid, one of the masajid in the Durban area. And I was a youngster, 16, 17 years old. I said, no one is joining this person, he's making tashkil, who is there to join me? Eventually he says, I just gave my name, I didn't know what I was getting into also. Anyway, he says, in the dead of night, he sees Haji Bhai Padi Rahmatullah waking up and crying and sobbing like a, like a little baby. So they really taught us or taught the Ummah how to make dua and then we see the barakat and how the work eventually had spread throughout the country. Hazrat Mahayun also mentions that when a person gets the tawfiq to make dua, when a person gets the tawfiq to make dua, then this is a sign that he is now developing the ma'rifat of Allah Ta'ala. He is developing recognition of Allah Ta'ala. Something for us to ponder over 
that how much of effort, how much of time do we actually take out during the day. We understand tilawat to be ibadat. We understand dhikrullah to be ibadat. We understand salah and fasting to be ibadat. But many a times we don't understand dua. We feel dua is something that is only to be done when a person is in need. Then he has to make dua. Dua actually is an ibadat. Even if there is no need, a person is experiencing prosperous conditions. Even at that time to resort to dua, to thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, making shukr for whatever he has blessed, blessed you with, etc. To make dua for the ummah at large, if you are not experiencing any difficulties, the ummah is in need of du'as. So to give some time daily for du'a. Ulama further explained, as Ulama also mentioned, that coupled with du'a is the effort. We should be in the same line of our du'a. He gives a beautiful example. He says a person perhaps is on a plane, or a bus, or a train, etc. And he intends going to Cape Town. He intends going to Cape Town and he's making earnest dua that, oh Allah, let this plane, let this train take me to Cape Town. But that plane or train is actually bound for Johannesburg or for Durban or for another area. So despite this person's earnest asking, because he's sitting in the wrong plane, he's ultimately nine out of ten times he's going to end up in, in the place where the plane or the train is bound for, unlike what he's asking for. So our effort should be in line with the dua that we are making. Many a times we have these we're speaking about the shackles of that youngster. Many of us have shackles, sometimes in the form of a disobedient child, for example, and the parents are not having sleepless nights, and they are, it is difficult. So on the one hand, we feel our du'as, we are making du'a, but the du'a is not getting accepted. We're not seeing any change. So then let us check our effort on this child. There are so many things which perhaps we have made available, we have allowed the usage of to this child, which has now led him to follow a certain path in the form of these tech, tech, this gadgets, fancy gadgets, tablets and phones and TVs and playstations, etc. Eventually when the child treads that path, we can't understand why our du'as are not be, not checking the child's company, for example. Very, very important. So when he treads the path of his friends and he goes off track, as we say, then our effort was not in line with it. Therefore now we are seeing the difficulty or the end result. Dua at every moment is accepted. We might feel our duas are not being accepted, but in the hadith of Prophet, he explains that duas are always accepted. Yes, it may be accepted in a different form. Three different forms are mentioned in the hadith of Prophet for the acceptance of dua. One is that a person gets exactly what he is asking for. That is understood that our dua is being accepted maybe immediately, maybe after a period of time. The other form of acceptance is a person does not get what he is asking for. But a certain calamity which was supposed to befall him is then warded off, is then averted. We will not even know that this calamity was supposed to have afflicted us. We will assume our du'as are not being accepted, but definitely not a single du'a goes in vain. And lastly, it is mentioned that another form of acceptance of du'a is that a person is not given what he is asking for, but it is stored for him in akhirat. And it further mentions that on the day of Qiyamah when a person will see the mountains of rewards in exchange for those du'as which were apparently not answered in the dunya, then he will rather, he will hope that rather all my du'as were not accepted and I just got all of these rewards. But definitely time is not wasted, energy is not wasted in a person taking out time to make du'a and to ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for his needs, the ummah's needs. Allah ta'ala give us the tawfiq to give some time daily Dua is something from the heart. Many etiquettes have been mentioned, how a person should sit, should be in a state of wudu. Dua can be made at any time, etiquettes in its place. But dua is something from the heart. One important aspect is qalbun ghafil, a heart which is inattentive. Sometimes it is just something we are doing like a mechanical 
motion that we raise our hands. Sometimes we're making an Arabic dua, we don't know a word of Arabic sometimes. Dua, there is barakat in it, it is a masnoon dua of Nabi we should make it, but make the effort to learn the meaning. Otherwise, at least let us try to make dua from the heart in a language that we understand to converse with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala using the Asma'ul Husna, the 99 names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in this dua, using Yad al-Jalali wal-Ikram, saying Ya Rabbi, Ya Rabbi, all these things are quoted in the Ahadith and adding Salat and Durood upon Nabi sallallahu alayhi the dua is mawkufun bayna as-sama'i wal-ard. It is suspended between the heavens and the earth if, if there is no Durood in you, in the person's dua. And let us bring this into our lives, inshallah, and make amal, and I accept and remove the pain, suffering, and difficulty of each and every one around the globe.